calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. With each new episode, I have a special guest, and today's episode is no different. Today we have TV writer, or writer also, not just TV, uh, and comedian Anna Dresden joining us. Anna, how are you? Hello, I'm really good. Uh, this is a, a extra special episode because uh, the studio dog, Ella, is also in the studio. So if you hear a dog panting, uh, that's Ella. I'm electrified by Ella. We've met before on, under different circumstances. There were two other dogs here. There was a lot of chaos. But right now, Ella is much like Eddie in that <laughs> she is one dog who's staring at me at, in a very nice apartment. It's extra fun for me to have the dog in here because I can continue to cosplay a bit. As I'm sure, as if, you, if you haven't already, right, if you haven't figured out, in my head, I'm Frasier. Whoever's over here is Roz, and then of course. Oh, that's, that's great! Yeah. I do identify with Roz, and I like Frasier for you as an energy. Oh yay! Um, <laughs> yeah, you've got your headphones on. You've got your mic. That's true. I don't. Desk. I don't have a, a transatlantic accent. Uh, well, that's oh, basically because he talks he really... kind of like old timey. Yeah, it's kind of it's very weird. Not something I understood when I was younger, but now. Well, I yeah, do. when I was long, younger, I thought it was a show about British people. Yeah, I was I, like, why is he talking like that? I think I definitely thought that, but that I thought it was interesting that his dad didn't talk like that. I know, but he annihilates. It's a lot like Succession, where it's like you know, I had Atlantic family. I need to watch that. Oh, I'm addicted. All right. I'm excited that people are um, getting into it. Yeah. It feels like it's been a slow burn, at least in my opinion, just for I've the, I've just seen more and more people talking about it on social media. And now it's I was electrified by the first season. And now I love that my friends are watching it, too, because it was my favorite show. Then it is my favorite show now. Amazing. Aside from Frasier. And that's why you're here today. Yeah. Um, I asked you and listeners, if you're curious, how did I find out Anna was a Frasier fan? Uh, well, I did a live show uh, with John Hodgman back in the spring and uh, I saw and I posted some pictures of it on my Instagram and I just all I, I just saw Anna comment on the photos and the moment I even get a whiff of a possible Frasier fan, <laughs> I have to contact them immediately. An FF. An FF? Frasier fan. Fresher, uh, right, Frasier fan. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. craniac craniac that i the first time i heard that josh gondelman said that is that a thing i don't know i just I know that, that I... he was the one that said it um and it was the first time i ever heard it when he was on this podcast and i love saying it now he and i are brothers so Aww. yeah right so so you get it i i've also wanted to mention you have a podcast as well sure correct? it's called scary stories to tell on the pod it is and it's scary stories it's about oh. the scary stories uh books by uh Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamel. It's a series of uh, spooky stories for children from the 80s and 90s that we go through and we read them. And then we also read creepy pastas and uh, urban legends and listener submitted actual yes. ghost stories. I um, was listening to your most recent episode and I <laughs> I turned it off because I got too scared. Oh, yeah. That's one where we read the <laughs> Mac Gehring story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back. It brings I, back a lot of childhood nostalgia where I'm like, if I say Bloody Mary three times, Bloody yeah. Mary's going to appear. So well, I need to we, get over we that. go over Bloody Mary, I think, in the first Urban Legisode Ooh. that there's like a um, psychological phenomenon that happens if you stare into a mirror in a dark room for too long, that like your brain starts, your peripheral vision starts to go weird and things uh. start to like melt and disappear and like blink in and out. Oh, it's very spooky. All right. I'm going to go back. Yeah, go back and listen to that one. But also, yeah, the most recent Urban Legisode uh, was about a story by our friend Matt Gehring that happened to him that as soon as you hear about it, it allegedly happens to you, which I'm here to say it did not happen to me. Okay. It's like a, it's sort of like It Follows, which is for like a scary uh, ghost story. <laughs> that movie, first time I saw it, very scary. Now I watch it and it's very humorous, but also in really? enjoy, but the first time I saw it really, really scared me. That's the exact kind of movie I could not watch because it, it's too scary for me. And I, it's funny, I'm surprised that I got too spooked and I am going to, I just, I'm going to gather my courage and finish listening to the episode okay. from your recent podcast, but I do love scary movies and maybe it's because I know they're fake, but when they're like real, I think that's oh, yeah. when I start to get spooked. Well, you know, um, what helps me is to remember that um, people's minds are very powerful things and... Uh, Especially the anxiety-ridden brain, such yeah. as mine. Which brings us back to... Frasier. Yes. So I've brought you for uh, what I consider to be one of my more scientific episodes. I call it scientific because it, it took research. I uh, basically was inspired by a Frasier post. I'm not going to name any names because these are anonymous groups. Or <laughs> No, they're not. There's Frasier fan groups online, but I'm not going to mention anyone's names. You can't because then you'll I get can't. you'll get friggin' blackballed and i would be heartbroken if i if i got blackballed from this would from this, the fraser this would be the sharing of screenshots equivalent exactly of a podcast yeah but what inspired today's topic is somebody posted about an episode of fraser that came out i believe it was season 10 it was a later episode uh where fraser and niles learn how to ride a bike and it and honestly it's an episode i for it was a season 10 episode 16 it was called fraternal schwins don't remember why. Good God. But somebody posted. They're oh, not even twins. I know. It doesn't, I, there's probably. A, it's fine. It's, it's something. Um, but somebody posted in the group about the episode and said, you know, it made it made me remember the, or realize like or it made me wonder how many other people don't know how to ride a bike because this person who posted didn't know how to ride a bike. How many other Fraser fans? Tons. Yeah. So, so she wrote about it and then lots of people replied. Oh. I too don't know how to ride a bike. Really? I I almost learned. I like I took adult ri uh, bike riding classes about four years ago, and then uh, went to uh, I went on a little Euro trip about two or three years ago, 
and I was just a bit traumatized because I took a bike tour and then crashed into a wall. And oh, I, God. it's not like I got super hurt, but it was embarrassing. Of course. And that was the last time I was on a bike. So I'm not going to call myself a bike rider. I, I don't blame you for being afraid. I think Thank bikes you. shouldn't work. And the fact that they do <laughs> is troubling. In a city, especially this city. Oh, yeah, no. Couldn't do it. I tried to be a bike person for a little bit and I would just um cry in the middle of roads <laughs> i have a bike it's in my hallway in my apartment it's there it's ready so when the time comes and i feel like i'm in a place maybe i'll get back on it but so after i saw how many people didn't know how to ride a bike it got me thinking what else do we have in common fraser fans because i know that there are a lot of memes uh in these fraser groups that are you know joke about anxiety granted lots of people have anxiety oh my god but what i did was Basically, I wrote a post in a few Fraser groups and asked people, what do what do we all have in common? This is something I started working on a while ago, and I didn't even know who I was going to get to share it with. I'm and- just excited to be a part of this process because you are sort of the Fraser and Niles Crane of this podcast studio right now. Thank you so much. And it's exciting. And to you're be a part the Roz. I am the Roz. Yeah. And she's I've the best. seen a dick before, which is my defining <laughs> personality trait. She has all the best lines, too. So here's what I did. I wrote this uh, post in some Fraser groups and said, let me start. I'm going to tell you some personal things about myself, and I want to see how many of you have these in common. So here's the list. Uh, I worked as a cheesemonger for eight years. You worked as one? I was. For eight years? Yes. I started when oh. I was 15. It was my first job. Whoa. I started as a stock girl. There was a cheese shop in my town in Connecticut. Oh. Fell in love, walked in. They said, well, we do need help for the holidays. We need a teen. We need a teen. And then within six months, they uh, upgraded me to the counter. And uh, then when I moved to New York, uh, and I did it all back and forth through college. Then when I moved to New York, I worked at Murray's Cheese. Oh, my God. While I I was was going to ask. Yes, I did That's the only cheesemonger I know in New York. Sadly, the biggest, uh, because a lot of celebrities would come in, but the the one that I had the privilege to meet was uh, the dad from Seventh Heaven, who I believe is in prison now. Yeah, Um, for bad things. For bad things. Keep in mind, though, when I did see him, it was before. I didn't know. Uh, What cheese did he... Um, what cheese did he get? Entertain himself with. Well, given that at the time, you know, I'd, I'd call him a celebrity of sorts. Sure. He, he got uh, probably <laughs> a semi-soft, stinky cheese, I would say. Great. The, the celebs tend to be more adventurous. Yeah. So uh, at least uh, in magazines, I read that. They've had, I do feel like a cheese plate is a thing that is put out for famous people more than yeah. regular people. Yeah, we have it at work for that. It's just like a, a like a hospitality thing, and I feel like you get more hospitality plates when you're famous. Oh, absolutely! But they are like um, all exactly the same. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, and as an intern who uh, or just even a person who's worked uh, having to do crafty and stuff like on set. The, the plates are very, as a cheese, ex-cheesemonger, very disappointing to me. It's a lot of cubed cheeses. Yeah. Not a lot of personality. Did you ever cut a cheese into a cube? Oh, yeah. There's some that are okay for me that I'm, I'm fine with for cubes. But the, oh. the thing about the good cheese often is some of it's very smelly. I was an intern at the Colbert Report like nine years ago. And I love, and I still do this depending on where I work and the vibe is right. I like to make a cheese plate, have a wine and cheese party if I can. Oh. And I found a very stinky cheese and it, sm- it stunk up the entire floor for the writers i mean they liked the cheese but it was definitely embarrassing because like people would walk up and be like why does it smell like gym socks in here and that's when i like learned my lesson there's a there's a reason sometimes the cheese plates don't get too fancy at in the green room <laughs> it's important to take on comedy internships if you do want a job in the field so you can figure <laughs> out what kind of smells are worth the taste <laughs> um so 
Anna, you're a writer on SNL. That's is that correct? Yes. So, and I have seen the. It, you were talking about the the plates, the cheese plates, and other plates. I have noticed those seem to be prevalent during the uh, read throughs. Uh, I've just seen in the photos that oh, are posted yeah. on the Instagram. Yeah, this is public knowledge. I see corners of of plates. Um, yeah. Do you feel satisfied? I don't know if that's you, this. I don't want you to get in trouble. I know. Do you, yeah. Do you feel like the plates are satisfying you, or maybe we? You know, I don't even have to ask you. But what do you like to eat during a read through? It's difficult because, like, uh, yeah, there is like a table full of food, but it's like you've been up all night and you're um, nervous. Sure. And like. There's just a lot of adrenaline pumping and mm. you had pizza at like three in the morning and like a bunch of um, caffeine to hurt your body. So like your stomach is sort of a, a delicate orchid sure. during these moments. So like I usually go for a peanut butter and jelly. All right. They have them cut in half. Uh, yeah. The peanut butter and jelly is sort of like the things you would feed um, like a five year old that you were babysitting one time who you didn't really know are the things that I feel safe eating like a peanut butter and jelly a baby carrot that sounds like pretzels. me when I have to host a party I'm not very hungry I'm too focused I've got a lot yeah. going on I do have a lot of adrenaline and so now that you talk about it it makes sense that there's no stinky cheese at a read through there's no stinky cheese it's usually like um maybe like a pepper jack um a Monterey jack a Swiss standard standard fare that's okay I, I respect that. There's yeah. different reasons for different cheese plates. It's so funny. I do prefer a slice of cheese than a cube. And it, make, it makes me think about the amount of cubes that I've um, seen and tried and thought about. And They're really easy to eat, which is... I know. Well, dangerous. my family would... I'm so sorry to take up so much no, time no, no. with the cheese. No, no, no. It's fine. But my family vacations in Vermont every year. And it's like an hour north of the um, Cabot Creamery, like the Cabot Cheddar. Uh, and if you go to the store, like the headquarters, it's all... Big ceramic bowls full of <gasps> cubes cheese. Oh my gosh. And I would say conservatively 30 bowls of cheese. Whoa. Including a really big bowl towards the front that's popcorn covered in their um, cheddar dust, which I don't think they call it cheddar dust, but it is what the product is. I love cheddar dust. So like every year it was like battling my parents to be like, this is why we should go to the cheese house. The cheese house. Well, I'm just grateful, and I know we're talking a lot about cheese. Obviously, I mean, it's something I'm passionate about. It sounds like you are, too. Oh, very. I'm grateful that I spent my very early years when I could eat. I, I ate a lot of cheese. Don't think that I was, like, nibbling. I mean, I was really going for it because I was, I was working in the cheese shops, in the shops from, like, 15, eight, eight years after. Is that 23? Yeah. Till I was 23. And for me, there were less consequences back then. Yeah. Less less stomach aches. You're closer to the breast. And it wasn't just cheese. Like the, the last place I worked at, which um, no longer exists, but it was called Blue Apron, same as the oh. delivery service, saw most all my celebs there because it was in Park Slope. It was at the corner oh. of Union and 7th Avenue. Uh, so I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, John Tachuro. I missed Steve Buscemi, which I was really bummed about. I don't know. I felt like I needed to tell you about those. He's a Park Slope um, patron saint. There you go. But so I was eating charcuterie, you know, the meats, mm -hmm. the cheeses. Oh. There were, uh, oh God, they had whitefish salad. I ate, ate a lot of that. I ate a lot of olives. I really went to town. So I'm grateful because I can't do it now. Despite the fact that I'm like too cheap to buy a huge block of expensive cheese, my tummy kills Your me. Can't do it. Um, but back to this very important list. Okay. Science. So what do Frasier fans have in common? Maybe. Well, this is this is what they know about me so far. I worked as a cheesemonger. 
I also do not have a driver's license. I do not know how to drive. Uh, I lost my virginity in my 20s. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh, I have generalized anxiety disorder. Yep. I'm an only child. I'm closer with my dad than my mom. Still love you, mom. But I'm, a little, I'm closer with my mom. Same. I mean, I'm closer with my dad. Uh, and I felt like I wanted to mention that because of the dynamic on the show between the fact that the dad and the son are very close. The mom's not in the picture. No. She exploded. She exploded. Uh, oh, uh, when I'm alone, I always like to have a show playing in the background because it makes me feel like someone's home. Usually it's Frasier. I was a briefly a psychology major. Uh, well, for two years in college, then I switched. And my last fact, uh, I'm a big fan of ASMR videos. Are, do you know what ASMR videos yes. are? Yes. Okay. I don't like them. You don't like them. So, okay, why don't you like them? I find them to, they just don't work on me. And also I just find them to be uh, annoying. All right, because, and I, it's understandable, some feedback I've gotten from people I know that don't like ASMR, understandably, find it a bit creepy. It's creep, it doesn't take a, I mean, like, it takes a lot to creep me out. Yeah. But, yeah, I just don't, it doesn't switch me on. Card, so. Cardi B had a great tweet about it, which I can't find, but she is a big ASMR fan, and she said oh. something along the lines of, like, People finding my ASMR videos is embar as embarrassing to me as them finding my pornography. Oh, yeah. Now, that is because I think there are so many different forms of ASMR, including a lot of role playing. So yeah. that stuff will pop up on my feed when I'm like on my uh, on our TV in, in my in my apartment with my boyfriend. And it's like a whole you just said appointment, which appointment. is an apartment with your boyfriend. I do think we should call them appointments. <laughs> appointments with my boyfriend. <laughs> I live in an appointment, a boyfriend apartment. I live in an appointment apartment with my appointment. Um, but yes, he constantly makes fun of me because he'll see things come up like receptionist ASMR, uh, woman, uh, uh, little sister getting her makeup done. And that's the oh. stuff that kind of creeps me out instructional stuff. I don't know why yeah. it has to specify little sister but regardless there's nothing sexual in nature in the videos sure for me it is purely a tool that helps me go to sleep oh, I need I really I need a perfect setting for sleep I don't I can't just fall asleep sleep is a noble um inspiration for watching such things oh of course I think that's the kind of thing you could tell people about yeah, absolutely I really like um videos of like uh blocks of sand getting sliced oh that's that uh, works for me. I don't know that that's ASMR. I think that's just um, what's it called? Oddly, satisfying. Oddly satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Oddly satisfying. Um, I would put in a, a a next to a next door neighbor. Uh, so yes, ASMR videos. They're not for everybody. So from all these things, before I move into what I compiled, which was a chart where essentially I posted here are all these things about me. Fraser fans, do we have these in common? I got a lot of responses. It was very interesting. So many that. Uh, I made a chart in a Google Excel doc. But before we get there, I am curious, are any of the things that I just listed, and I'm happy to list them again, do they overlap for you at all? I'd say two thirds of them overlap. Okay. Um, I do know how to ride a bike. Okay. I've never worked as a cheesemonger, but I would it's say rare. that. <laughs> I think it's that thing where like John Travolta isn't like a pilot, mm -hmm. like he doesn't work as a pilot, but he flies a lot. Sure. I do think that I have my hours. Right. I have enough hours to be a cheesemonger, I think. Well, to me, not to ruin the chart results, but it wasn't conclusive. And here's why. Okay. Because no one was a cheesemonger, but most people, similarly to you, were passionate about cheese. Yeah. See, I could tell you were passionate, especially because you knew what a cheesemonger was. You wouldn't believe how often I get the question, what is a cheesemonger? And I have to say, it's like a fishmonger, but with cheese. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're not doing any favors for your industry. <laughs> 
I should oh, go boy. back. Um, she's fine with the stinks. She's made her peace with the stinks. <laughs> um, not a cheesemonger. I do know how to ride a bike. Okay. I have an older brother, mm-hmm. so I'm not an only child. But, and I do have a driver's license, but I am terrified of driving and I haven't driven in, I think, five years. So oh, wow. I feel like I could drive a car if someone was giving birth or something, mm. but I wouldn't want to. Got it. Um, and I have generalized anxiety disorder, not to be a bitch, but I... I feel you, sister. I'm taking yeah. Lexapro, and uh, it's been very helpful for That's me. That's great. I stopped taking Zoloft um, over the course of the last year and a half, and um, it's a helpful, but it's a, you know, it collects a payment. Sure. Yes. Um, that is true. But I'm on other stuff. And I'm happy for you. Brag. <laughs> <laughs> so anxiety yeah uh what were the other ones you love cheese love uh cheese. how about were you ever a psych major major no but i thought about it i did go to school for acting and oh. so the thing that you would say as like uh a, a gifted high school senior is like well maybe i'll like get like a minor in psychology as like a backup <laughs> which is really I've, funny i i regret that i didn't do something more like political science what did you go for? So I did go to school for psych, psych then... for two years. And then I remembered them very bad at math and science. And then uh, I moved to New York. I went to Brooklyn College. Uh, and I went to school for film and TV. So, f- or sc- oh, great. screenwriting. You got it. Eh. it. It was all right. But again, I, I do wish, part of me wishes I learned more things about the world. But I, I, I read the news, although that it's not very helpful. So, so really my next goal is to read more books. Not about women murderers and women getting murdered, which is my current genre. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just did a whole show about true crime and now I'm in a tough place because it was my hobby and now I can't think about it without thinking about the show, which is a problem. That is Well, I actually, I'm trying to take on, I know, I'm sorry, this is getting so off topic, but I just feel like you're going to appreciate this. I picked up a hobby that I used to have uh, when I was in summer camp in middle school which was i would make in arts and crafts oh this was another category that someone else added in the comments which was i was an indoor kid a lot of indoor kids i was an indoor kid i made miniature food out of clay (laughs) yeah like little teeny tiny like spaghetti and meatballs like like uh, cakes so more recently i've thought you know what uh, I, I'd rather there, I, I don't have that many hobbies. Like I watch a lot of TV and I love doing, you know, comedy and I like podcasts and stuff, but what's the thing I can do when I'm feeling, and I'm not a good cook. What's the thing I can do with my hands? Sometimes I feel like when I do things with my hands, it's a little relaxing. Mm-hmm. So I bought some clay on Amazon. I just made some spaghetti and meatballs. Um, and that's all I've done. I, I don't know if I'm back in, in the hobby yet. Anyway. Oh, that's so good. That's my, I do appreciate that. Hobby. I, uh, I got really into embroidery for a minute. Ooh. So I have a lot of the tools Mm -hmm. but then I decided staring at my phone was uh, more productive and probably better for me so I've been doing it's really good it's just hard to always have a bag of um like hoops and needles I've stabbed my under my nails um I'd say dozens of times I changed my bag so I saw a woman on the train yesterday embroidering right next to me amazing she looked really happy I like that it makes me feel like sort of a a simple pioneer woman who also (laughs) like works with her mind yeah I like that it it shows like I can do something aggressively feminine because I am the head of my household of one perfect yeah it's a nice little like it's a little bit like of a like a like a your move well if you want a new hobby 
miniature foods. And, you, and I'm do. not the only one because I looked it up online and I'm not talking about making actual food. There are very, very specific videos that will tell you how to make KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, a mini version out of clay. Four million views on YouTube. <laughs> you are just like the queen of delicate fandoms i do love delicate fandoms yeah i kind of wish i had added many foods in this list and now for the real meat of the episode which is the results so i got a lot of results uh in terms of you know what do fraser fans have in common um now given all of the categories that i gave you what would you guess is the one that most the most people uh had in common I would say either um, only child or anxiety or can't ride a bike. Uh, anxiety number one. Uh, J- not No competition. That's great. Got like twice as many answers as, as anything else. Perfect. Um, number two of the things that we had in common was uh, being afraid of being alone and playing Frasier or a TV show in the background. I meant to ask you, do you ever yeah. do that? Like play yes. something in the background? doesn't have to be Frasier. Yes, absolutely. Lots of podcasts, lots of audiobooks. Um, which sometimes I think I'm more productive with just straight up bareback silence. Um, really? Oh, I can't. Which is unfortunate. It's usually like when I start doing a task and I haven't yet put on a thing and then I find that I do it much more efficiently if I don't have the thing to watch or listen to but an audiobook and a podcast out loud through my phone is um that's what I do well you I mean you write all the time so do you you normally write in silence or silence or do you yeah yeah wow yeah I I mean like I have my own or not my own I share an office but I have an office now um when I used to work in like an open co-working space which was right across from that cheese shop and I used to look down at it sometimes oh my gosh yeah um I would put on headphones and music but uh, yeah just most of the time you also write a lot more with others so mm. see that's that would be my dream I would rather write with other people because it's oh, collaborative yeah. and I don't know other people are talking it's good um so yes so se- yes second most replied about was can't ride a bike oh Somebody added this category, which I should have because this is also true of me. Uh, I didn't have cable growing up. Interesting. Um, which for me makes a lot of sense because because I didn't have cable growing up. That's why I know so much about sitcoms because that's what I like. I, I don't know anything about Nickelodeon. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Frasier, Empty Nest, <laughs> like Seinfeld. <laughs> and then when I want to impress people Mm, over 48 I tell them I used to watch Saint Elsewhere with my mom oh yeah that'll do it yeah because she used to tape it um was that the one that ended with the snow globe that is correct cool and had an all-star cast I mean I don't I'll just name a few Mr. Feeney okay Denzel Washington wow Howie Mandel stars uh, Mark Harmon star of NCIS endless stars I think he's still on uh yeah so so that is a true um little bird's nest of stars absolutely uh Oh, and then tied with not having cable growing up was being an only child. Great. Which is so interesting to me. I mean, I know that when I meet other only children, it's an exciting moment for me. I don't know if you have any preconceived notions, but it happens to me a lot where people are like, and I know they mean it as a compliment. They'll be like, you don't seem like an only child. Oh, yeah. Um, We make fun of my friend Mike Spence a lot for being aggressively only child where he's like, can we go to the same place for dinner every day? Uh, (laughs) Because I like 
and I we do this then on my schedule or it's like, hey, do you want to hang out? And he's like, oh, I wish I could, but I have something until 2.30. And you're like, it's 2 now. We could hang out so it's after. Only child characteristics, you think, like aggressively. Or just like um, being very fixed. Okay. I think he would have been like that even if he was from like a Duggar situation. Sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I have been known to um, disparage the community. It's fair. I, I mean, I, I'd like to think that I am um, could be a good poster child for only children, setting a, a good example. Yeah. I get along You're making eye people. contact. Well, I'm also the kind of person that I take my friendships deeply serious. And uh, all of my close friends will attest that I like to, when I, when I feel like we're very close, I'm like, you're like my sibling. You're like my brother. You're like my sister. Uh, yeah. That's just me as an only child. So I'd like to think I'm not too selfish. Wait, can I make like a guess about you? Yeah. Does your mom have sisters? She has one sister. Okay. You you s- remind me of uh, women I know who um, either have sisters or who come from a family with sisters. Fascinating. All yeah. Right. Well, the ones that I know, either, the, it's interesting, the people I know with sisters either have an amazing relationship or, or not on speaking terms. So there you go. I don't know if there's a middle ground. Oh, I wonder how different Frazier would be if he had had a if they had had a sister. I can't even imagine. And who would she be played by? <laughs> Something to think about. <laughs> oh man, can we cast it? Not Jane Lynch yet. Um, like if Frazier were like bumped ten years into the future, I think that would be who's, her. Who's a good transatlantic woman who like wasn't also already in Frasier? Because I feel like that was everyone. Uh, uh, I feel like Cherry Jones would have gone in for it, but they would have wanted like a TV star or a movie person. Um, I'm like fully blanking. I'm trying to think of someone of that time. Yeah. Even. And I'm struggling. I mean, I would say Lilith if they hadn't already been (laughs) married and was cast as his wife. Oh, boy. Because they are very similar. They are. They're They're very very similar. There you go. So was, honestly, so was Diane. Diane was very similar. Which one is Diane? Diane was um, his... Diane Chambers was his second wife. Um, and that was... Oh, from Cheers. From Cheers. Yeah, but they were married for like a second. He... Well, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I should say she left him at the altar. Right. Yes. Okay. And she, right. she's also like... He definitely... The wives... Those two wives were very similar to Frasier. But I'm trying to think of somebody that he kind of... Like that a woman could like be related to him. And I'm like fully blanking on anyone. How about a how about a, an actor that's dead? Like Catherine Hepburn immediately comes to mind. Okay, yeah. Like somebody like an older half sister. Somebody yeah, somebody who uh is no longer with us, I feel like could play the role of Fraser's sister. But I can't think of anyone current right now. Oh man, if it was like season two, maybe Joan Rivers. Like Ooh. if much of, like an older half sibling. From like Martin's like army days being stationed in Germany or something. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Well, that uh, we'll come back to it. If we'll any, come back if to anything it. comes to you, sound off in the comments. So, sound in the yeah. Sound the, who who could play Fraser's sister that never was? And specify which season because if it's before season three, it can it's up in the air. If it's mm. after season three, it's got to be a star. Got it. And if it's after season eight, we need like an A lister. All right, that's a good point. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of it that way. Oh, listen. Yeah, no, the the list is is incredible, even just of callers. But yeah, Patrick Stewart in the later seasons. What? Patrick Stewart plays... I have no memory of that. Oh, man, that was a great episode. Uh, or story arc. Uh, he uh, plays... Essentially, he's a very uh, successful... Uh, maybe playwright, so, uh, actor, so, some, somehow involved in theater. Uh, and 
uh, befriends Fraser, but doesn't realize that Fraser is straight. And then Fraser wants to be like friends with this guy because he's like in the in, in crowd. Uh, but then everyone thinks they're dating, and then Fraser goes along with it for a while because he's so happy to be oh, in, okay. in the circle. It's so funny. I remember that story arc, but I don't remember that it was Sir P.S. Well, there is definitely more than one episode about mistaken gay identity. Oh, it's funny that he seems gay but isn't. Oh, we yeah. We love that. It's a whole thing. He slays. Absolutely. Slays the puss. I, I did want to say puss, <laughs> but then I said he slays, and it made it sound like I was saying, like, <laughs> he's gay and i don't want that to get out and like he slays the he slays the p he slays the v he has so much sex he has a lot of sex with a, a few models uh and it's very hard to believe still more believable than because I, I mean i tend to rewatch the same shows over and over including seinfeld and, and, and with fraser i'm like there's certain moments where i see his charm but then i think i think of like uh george costanza and then that's when i have a hard time i'm like there george costanza doesn't even have any redeeming qualities i don't know how he gets anyone and the only thing i can think of is this is tv it's not a real it's tv but you gotta also understand that um fraser takes place in seattle and the west coast has more um single men interesting so wait hold on i'm not arguing this right yeah so <laughs> it's yeah so women have more options on mm. the west coast new york is fewer options also i kind of get george costanza yeah yeah i do interesting he's really um persistent okay that's true there's a whole episode about that um but yeah we were just talking about <sighs> i don't remember it's fine but oh i lost my virginity okay. in my 20s also oh yeah i was 23 this was no this is one of my favorite responses uh to this uh a uh, uh, young lady or lady of a certain age I, i'm not sure what age i don't know i said young lady uh <laughs> said lost virginity on i lost my virginity on my birthday don't lose your virginity on your birthday unless you want to think about what a loser your ex is every year on your birthday oh that's tough that's hard i mean yeah, so lots of uh, late virginity people, uh, and then after that, t late virginity tied with psych majors at some point. Also, not that surprising to me. I'm pretty sure psych is a very so popular major. Yeah, certain. It's a great thing to have as an undergrad um, that will do nothing for you if you sure. um, don't also go to higher education. <laughs> um, now there were some cat. There was a category that somebody added here that other people started to reply to. People are just adding categories. Bullied. Bullied was on here. Oh. And and that's a tough one. I I feel fortunate that for me the best case scenario to me I you you'd have to pay me to go back to high school. Don't don't even miss it for one second. And it wasn't even because I had a terrible time. I wasn't bullied. But I would say my rule was I want to stay out of the limelight in high school and not get picked on. Because I was, would I say I was popular? No. I had two very close friends and the idea was stay out of the light. Other people are going to get bullied, not me. I'm just going to be very quiet and no one's going to notice me to pick on me, if that makes any sense. I absolutely relate to that. I would go to school. I would go to my many extracurricular activities and I would go home. Yeah. I had one boyfriend in high school. Ooh la la. I, I had two. But and the only times that I would see them were in school. Oh. Um, so that gives you an idea of where I was starting from. And I also like I relate to like benching myself from like the um public discourse of being a teen because I felt that being a teen is was a an indignity. Oh yeah. Because it, it just I didn't relate. I was like those teens that you see wearing like chandelier earrings and like mascara and like a dark lipstick who just looks like her mom. 
Well, see, I would, I, I think I know the type because I definitely knew at least one to two young ladies. <laughs> Stop saying young ladies, girls like that. Old bags. <laughs> Old bags. I don't know why young lady. I feel like I've been called young lady, and I've been annoyed by it. Yeah, it's but rough. Now that I'm thirty-one, we're the same age. I guess. Oh my god, I thought you were truly twenty-five. You know, a lot of people think that. Also, I do have a backpack. Today. Your skin is perfect. Thank you so much. I don't know where it comes from. I know it comes from my father's side of the family. I feel very lucky about oh, that. Oh boy. I try. I try to just. Another thing that I think is different from high school than now. If now that we're talking about high school, I felt embarrassed about the nice things. Like I think I used to be like, oh, skin, but look at th- this part of me, disgusting. But oh, now yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I love the good skin. Soak it I'm up. Grateful for it. I'm happy for it, and I'm very happy when I get carded. It's the best. Oh, yeah. I love getting carded. I'm now like internally calibrating my opinion of you. If I find out that someone is like a year or two younger or older than I thought they were, it rocks me. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm so obnoxious. Like I, I have at least one to two friends left that are 29 and I fully Awful. hold it over. Them. Rude. And I'm like, you, you don't know pain. You don't, Rude. You don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. sacrifice. <laughs> Where there's a two year age difference between us. But I know. It's just so different. They haven't now. crossed over the veil yet. No. Whenever someone that I respect and am vaguely close with posts like, hey, come to my 27th birthday. I'm like, you've been rude this entire. (laughs) You're so you're rude. Everyone to me is either 23 or 27. I try. I mean, I that is it a joke. I'm not sure. But sometimes in the right setting at the right bar in New York, people laugh because there's a lot of either 27 year olds or 23 year olds in the audience it's true so um so yeah bullied uh yeah i would say the ones that i just mentioned uh were the ones people responded to the most anxiety uh not being able to ride a bike uh not having cable and then the surprise one that i didn't even add which was being bullied so i'm curious since there's so much overlap in a lot of these things what would you, and I can answer this question first, but why do you think these are the things we all have in common as Frasier fans? Um, I think like it's a show that rewards having a rich interior life. Um, and I think these are all things that contribute to that. It's like a show that like plays on French farce tropes mm-hmm. and like the entire writer's room was all like playwrights. And, like, yeah. I think it's a lot of indoor kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, I would categorize myself as an indoor kid who loves nature, but I do mm. think that there are outdoor indoor kids. Like Go you can on. be, you can love the outdoors while still being like genetically an indoor kid. I could. Yeah. I mean, I just know that I didn't like sports. Yeah. Mostly because I just thought kids were really mean and I was like very sensitive and you know, I, I, I just, I still remember like trying to serve a volleyball senior year and missing and just being fully horrified for like an hour. Miss. Like as in like I had the ball and I tried to like hit it and I like my hand flew up, if that makes any you, sense. Like, Did I, it connect with the ball at all? No, I like dropped it. It was right in front of you. No, I was nervous. Everyone was looking at me. I'm going to bully you now. No, please. No, Don't it's okay. Volleyball's hard. All, and I just, yeah, those are the little things that I remember. Man. And and I know that nobody, re- and in the small times that I was what I'll call bullying, 
I, obviously I remember those things, but I do wonder because I, I wonder if I'm friends with anyone that used to be a bully and I, I just don't think that I am. But I, I always wonder if those if the actual bullies ever think about it. I don't think they do because like I think um, I feel like bullying is so for the most part, like on the like low end of the spectrum, like it's sort of a fleeting thing. And like you don't register it as being a bully is because you're like, oh, everyone's doing it. Like, I'm sure when I think back on, like, fourth grade, it was like, oh, there's this kid, Anthony, who's, like, so gross. We, like, all hate him. But, like, I don't know how much that came out of my mouth. Right. But it was just sort of, like, oh, yeah, we all think that. I think that there were definitely people I remember in specific instances. And then when you put it like that, yeah, I have a feeling they've never given it a second thought. Oh no, this is what I th- I was going to say. Collectively, you, I feel like when you talk about the kids that we all instinctively were like, he smells, he's gross. But now when I'm like, no, he wasn't that, he was fine. Then I, I'm like, I think I got bullied into being, bu- into bullying Whoa. in those instances where you're like, oh, I can't talk to this person because everyone thinks that that person is a loser for some reason. Yeah. But now in retrospect, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with them. I just wasn't brave enough because then I was afraid I was going to get picked on. I know. If I hung out with that person. I did try to um, boycott my best friend's birthday party because she wouldn't invite this one girl who was uncool, who I had been friends with in like first grade. And I was like, if you don't invite her, I'm not coming. And she was like, well, I'm not friends with her. And it's a small party. And I was like, well, I'm not coming. And she was like, okay, well, I'm not going to invite her. And then I think I went. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we have to include her. And she was like, there's like eight people coming and I haven't talked to this girl in years. Well, you tried. I tried. You took but a also, stance. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, one more thing. There was one more category that somebody added, which was antiquing. <laughs> oh, God. Was that the one that someone much? said one? Uh, what? There's like one person who's an antiquer. It was like two. Yeah. Yeah. It was like no. one person said I, I antique, and then a second person was like me too. So I put it Cute. in honorable mentions. Good for them. They don't have dust allergies. I feel like <laughs> antiquing is not for Jews because like mm, I am Jewish. Many. FYI, oh my god, you wouldn't know that. But that's great. If you uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is Anita Jutina because I'm <gasps> Jewish and Latina. That's great. So, are you, what um. Where are you from? What's your background? Background. My mother is a Connecticut Jew. Great. Uh, that's where she's from. That's where her parents are from. And then my great grandparents, one's from Russia and one's from Lithuania. And then my oh. my dad is from Lima, Peru. And he's oh, Catholic. Great. And he's Catholic. We love that. Um, so I, I, I want to tell you that so you know this is a safe area to make Jewish jokes. Thank God. Or just Jewish commentary. Yeah. But I, I interrupted love that. you. No, I literally. Um, Jews can't go antiquing or Jewish. We can't people. go. To, yeah, the dust allergies. I didn't even think of that. Is that a thing? There's a lot of dust on antiques. You know, I will say on my mom's side, the Jewish side, my cousins had the most allergies. Oh, yeah. Especially my, my female, my lady, my lady cousin, my young lady cousin, who's the same age <laughs> as me, uh, had some of the worst allergies of anyone I've ever met. And I just, I don't know where that comes from. But it was my mother's side of the family. And a lot of recessive genes. They also had, unfortunately, and you, maybe as the uh, the uh, other only other Jewish person in this room, would you say acne is a thing that happens to Jewish people, or is that just? <sighs> I don't know. I think that's like in the dairy drama. Interesting. Maybe that was also some crossover. That was also on my mom's side. I like yeah. to try and reiterate too, because to me, this is the same thing as when supermodels are like, "I love to eat burgers and lie." Uh, 
but for me uh like i have good skin and i like to tell people the the honest truth which is i don't feel that i've ever taken very good care of my skin i do think that it's genetic so i just like to mention that that's you good know, so people don't think i have a regimen or something you know yeah. I, d- I did start using cetaphil cetaphil oh yeah that's it. how you dig it like it you like it i i mean i just do it because i just enough people in my life have been like you have to wash your face every day i'm like okay <laughs> fine <laughs> you were like a character in a movie where people yeah. tell you what you need to do to better yourself That's, to your face hey. which i've i don't think i've ever done that once i yeah i mean it might it, i think it just comes from a place of in the occasional times that i've gotten zits i know it's because Eh, no, I could probably just stop. I should just stop washing my face and see what happens. Go for I, it. I get like a zit three to four times a year, and it's usually in the summer. Good for you. So, congrats. All right, I'm done bragging. Um, okay, before uh, before we wrap up, I would like to know a little bit about your Fraser history. So, uh, how did you get into the show? How old were you? Um, my dad definitely watched it when I was little. It was part of like the Fraser Seinfeld. Um, sort of block combo yeah um so Seinfeld was sort of like the lowbrow kind of like these people are like real and then Frasier was sort of the like white tie version of Seinfeld to me the shows were the same as a child except for one was British people in a (laughs) bigger apartment with Mm. a piano in it got it um and then I think uh Netflix did a big push where it was like every on everyone's recommended page Frasier like yeah for like a a while Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden everyone was watching Frasier and being like so random that I'm watching Frasier and it was like this was a meeting that happened at at like a corporation where they decided to um, push this show see that I want to know who did that because probably I know why the the reason this podcast exists like granted I did watch Frasier while it was on and I definitely watched it in syndication but I would never have had this much access to it and when it came on Netflix I started watching it a lot and then yeah. i thought everyone's got a podcast what's mine gonna be about and then i went with fraser you went with fraser and that actually is a um a service yeah um yeah i it's funny i when you said do you watch stuff in the background fraser was like that for me so there are big episodes where i just don't remember it that would be like i think it was my second year at snl i would put it on on a sunday and then just sort of wake up and then fall back asleep sporadically and then fraser would just be on and I'd have to be like, is it worth repeating this episode? It's soothing. Yes. I also found it to be torture uh, waiting for Niles and Daphne to get together. And I get why they can't. Yeah. As a TV writer, I like don't want conflict to ever happen. And I want everything to be fine, which is like <laughs> not That's a great. That's an issue, probably. It's not a great quality. Um, <laughs> well, if you're writing, it's probably, I assume, different if you're writing um, sketches versus like a show that has to maintain a sexual chemistry for yeah unfortunately there is uh like a handful of sketch comedy tv shows and most other tv shows are not um sketch Uh, so when i do those other ones oh right it's a a gear shift sure Um, yes conflict bad (laughs) i just i'm like what if the character just gets what they want right away (laughs) no one has a problem and they lose nothing maybe you should write that in for yourself see what happens i know maybe you already have i don't know it'll be the first form-based um pilot that is not meant to be produced it's purely for reading i mean if i look at it from far away when you're talking about conflict on fraser to me his life 
I I think it seems lovely. Just, you know, he's close with his family. I mean, this is a whole fantasy that I have. Like, there's actually an episode of Black Mirror that, as scary as it sounded at first, I'm like, no, I would have that, but with Frasier. Do you watch Black Mirror ever? I can't. That's too stressed. It's fine. Anxiety. I'll just tell you one premise of an episode please which is just that there there's like a guy who he's like a tech nerd and his phone has a boob and it's like wow that's like us he falls in love with the boob (laughs) but he he essentially uh works with people and he feels like they're ignoring him so he he like steals their dna that part doesn't really make sense but he steals their dna from cups from spoons and makes like digital versions of them and puts them in his favorite tv show that he turns on in his head it's very different it's hard to explain i'm not doing a good job but essentially he like you know flips a switch and gets to like be the star in a star trek type show with all of these people that don't really pay attention to him in real life this oh. is what I want, but with Frasier, I do. Like, as an only child and as a person who's, des- like, too attached to their friends and all of their loved ones, I love the idea of being able to hang out with everyone all the time. And that's why I love sitcoms so much, because you're all stuck together all the you're time. You're all sitting on one side of a table together. Yeah. Friends is like that, too. Obviously has not stood the test of time, but the premise, and if you are watching these shows over and over, it's, it is a bit mind-boggling to me, this idea that they never leave. They're always in the same like two to three places. And on Friends, the only activity they really do, having rewatched this again, they play cards a lot. Oh, really? It's really all that really goes on. Eating it's, and playing cards. It's, it's producible. It is very producible. Um, but yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know how the, I got this onto my Frasier fantasy. Uh, but yeah, I think Frasier is a very comforting show. We do. Um, it would be nice for the characters to just get everything they want right away. Absolutely. Um so uh, and so you said you rewatched Frasier again last year, you said? No, this was like this was all the same time that I watched it. Oh, like okay. I just watched it um, after seeing it as like a four year old. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which you can't really comprehend. Frasier is uh-huh. not for it's not for children. No, definitely not. Um, I guess it's for certain children, yeah. but in general, en masse, not the target, not the target demo. Do you I mean, I think you've already answered this question. Well, is your favorite character Roz or do you have another? No. Oh, who's your favorite character? Niles. I have a crush on him. Me too. I know. He's the best. I like that he has a bird. He has a bird. That is true. This- I like, I also am dumb because I'm like, anytime I see or notice like a, a pattern in a show where like, oh, this character's flaw is this. So they continue to make a mistake in this vein. Um, and I'm always like, maybe they won't make the mistake. Like I... <laughs> As I was watching it, I kept being like, maybe we'll see Maris this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I kept really thinking, I get tricked. You, actually, good segue. Uh, who is there anyone, and this could be from any time period again, that you could picture playing Maris if she were a real person? And it's tough because we know she's like barely a woman who's there. She's yeah. on diets. She's got lots of plastic surgery. But who do you think could embody her, her personality? Um... I think maybe like, uh, you know, those bathrobes that are like waffle print. Possibly like that. It's like the square print. It's not a terry cloth robe. It's the ones with like a bunch of little squares on it. Yes. Like maybe I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like rolled up really thin. And then that is wearing a big bathrobe. I think that would be a good casting. Does she have a voice whose voice would play the bathrobe? I think it's more like uh, the wind in the willows kind of sound (laughs) like a... (laughs) Um, 
I feel like realistically, a Lara Flynn Boyle would have been their best <gasps> oh bet. My God, that, I, I've thought. I've oh, yeah? That. Yeah. I know. I've that too. I know. I, I specifically thought of Lara Flynn Boyle uh, at, during the time when she was dating Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And she walked the red carpet in this almost ballet-inspired outfit with yes, what looked like slippers. I remember. Yeah, those uh, lace-up things. And I just... The outfit was its own thing, but I just remember how over old, however old I was, thinking, "Wow, she's frighteningly thin." That was, I mean, that's I, the thing. It's a lot. People are small in the nineties. They're very small. Not now. Not I, now. I, I although I really I resent the um the uh, aesthetic of like um middle school dropout like sort of um teen wearing a bucket hat. I think this is a time that rewards small boobs again, and I, I um. I think we're all just going to have to hold our breath until it's over because I can't, I can't not wear a bra or someone's going to get injured. Yeah. I just, I've, I, I envy from, from the time that I had to start wearing a bra, the young ladies, late women, at least I'm not saying girls. Absolutely addicted to seeing young ladies. I I would say girls would be better. I think young (laughs) ladies is scary. Um, I think you're a predator. Girl. No, don't start that rumor on the show. Um, Girls. Gals. Gals with small breasts that can walk around without a bra, more power to you is what I say. I mean, I'll, I'll never, it'll never happen. It was never in the cards for me. Anytime someone's like, yeah, I love this dress. It's just hard because like I have to wear a bra with it. And I'm like, oh, you mean like life? The thing that makes me angry is when I, even I have this mentality sometimes when I see a woman with small breasts pulling off a braless look. Even a part of me is thinking free spirit. And I know that comes from films or television. Because then I think of me not wearing a bra walking down the street. And it's like, lady, what are you doing? The older I get, the more I'm like aware that I won't be able to like look like shit in public anymore. Otherwise, I will look um, a little homeless. Just a little bit. I've definitely been there. I used to wear baggy pants in high school. That was my aesthetic. Fully baggy clothes. It was was more from a place of like being, you know, a little self-conscious about breasts and bodies and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Believe me. Um, Not anymore. I'm now going to the Emmys, which is a a (gasps) cool thing. I've done it before. I'm aware that it's a cool thing. Cool. It is a um, like trying to find a dress that where you can just wear a normal bra is like you can't Dang. and i don't want to wear a strapless bra ever again in my entire life I because i think once you've had a job where you are actually helpful and good at it and contribute strapless bras don't work on you anymore mm. like i think strapless bras are for people who don't contribute much interesting i think once you work hard enough you need straps oh i was <laughs> i th- see i was thought you were going with if if you contribute to society then you shouldn't have to wear Oh, no, that was not what I was going for. (laughs) That was not what I was going for at all. But as punishment, if you don't contribute to society. No, I think like if you're still in the part of your life where a strapless bra works, you're not essential to the company. It's never worked for me. No. It's tough. I mean, you know. It's a lie we tell ourselves. It's sort of like the vaginal orgasm. Like, yes, of course, some people, but that cannot continue to be (laughs) a standard we apply to all of us. Okay. One last question. Yeah. Uh, I guess, well, yeah. I know what my answer is to this. I, my favorite episode uh, of Frasier is the Ski Lodge. It's okay if you don't remember a name, but do you remember an episode that's like a, an episode you go back to a lot? I mean, I really, it's sort of a basic bitch one, but the um, the restaurant. 
I don't think that's basic they, bitch. It's it's early. Classic. Is it early? Yeah, yeah. that's like season one. I think or, it's season one or season two. It, it's early. I love it because it's a lot of. I really like Frasier and Niles. I also am a big Martin Crane pe- person. Like I, the last thing I want is for people to listen to this and come away with like, oh, she doesn't like Martin. Like obviously, I love Martin. That's how you get Eddie. That. I'm an owner of a Jack Russell type dog. Mm. I'm of course loyal to the Martin Eddie ethos, but for me, a Niles Frasier is like the show. Yeah. Um, and that episode has it. Yeah, them competing is always great. It's really good. I love when they shout at each other, which is a lot of the time, but yeah, yeah, it yeah. always makes me happy. Yeah, watch um, or listen to an early episode of this podcast, probably the first, second, or third episode, uh, which is just about Frasier and Niles's sort of uh, the fact that they're constantly butting heads and competing oh, with each other. I love that. So there's an episode for everything you love about Frasier on this podcast. Perfect. Well, Anna, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. I believe in this podcast. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything that you want to plug or share where people should follow you and not in real follow life? Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Anna Dresden. Um, Instagram is mostly pictures of my dog, which I think is a credit to me. Lady Bird. Twitter is mostly, um, you know, little thoughts, little ideas that I have. Yeah. A delight. I, I believe I follow you on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, and it's great. Thank you. It's great. Follow follow Anna only only on Twitter. And same with me too, just on Twitter. So thanks again, Anna. And until next time, good night, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs>